0: Podcasts.
1: This is Reception reception, the show now. James Coe and Matt Harmon. All
0: right, but let's get into the meat of the show here. Um, I, You know, Matt, you, you wanted to talk about some wide receiver rooms that uh, you're keeping an eye on. You're, you're looking for some clarity here in week number one. Let's start with the Chargers. What are you looking for there?
1: Yeah, so by the time people listen to this, uh, Mike Williams' profile should be on the website. So uh, talk yeah. a little bit about that here where – you know, Big Mike is interesting, man, because there's been a lot of talk this offseason about maybe these Chargers receivers moving around the formation. Um I don't really buy that though. Like I think when you look at them <laughs> Okay, <laughs> when you look at them right now, it's like they have a prototypical X receiver in yeah. Mike Williams, right? Mike Williams last year uh, in reception – in the game sample for reception perception, you know, he took – outside on 84.4% of his sample snaps was on the line for 78.1%. Just, again, that classic ISO X receiver. I think you could yep. argue that outside of the, like, elite and superstar tier of receivers – he might be one of the he might be kind of like the peak of that classic throwback X receiver archetype right now. You know, when we go you know when we go down a couple of tiers from, you know, the obvious guys who are, are some of the best in the league playing that position right, right. now. Um, you know, he's a guy that's not an ideal he's not like well, he's not a high level separator. He's kind of like he's been somewhere between sixty one and sixty nine point four percent success rate versus man. He's been kind of right just south of eighty percent success rate versus zone. But the last two years, Sixty-seven point one percent success rate versus press. Sixty-seven point eight percent success rate versus press in each of the last two seasons. Not surprisingly, these have been his. I think his best two seasons as a pro the last mm. couple of years because th- those aren't special scores again by far. But he's probably the best candidate to remain in that X receiver role because you know we have obviously we've we've got Keenan Allen who I think at this point needs to be an off the line slot player almost exclusively. And then Josh Palmer is likely to open the three-receiver set uh, it, as a starter ahead of Quinton Johnson. That's been kind of the the expectation from beat writers. That's been um, the way the preseason usages look. You know, Josh Palmer hasn't played at all, whereas Quinton right. Johnson has played like more than almost anybody in the preseason because they they know he needs those reps, right? We talked about yeah. him as a guy right. that needs those reps. So For I don't sure. think Josh Palmer's like a um, – future superstar or anything uh, i've talked talked about that but i think he probably is a professional <laughs> enough to hold off Quentin johnson for the time okay. being so i'm just really curious how these guys from a usage standpoint split up you know between mike williams who is prototypical x i think you know again there's talk about him moving around the formation but you know you can get him layup targets without taking him off the x receiver spot and i think that's probably the way things go but you know, I, to me, I just think that this receiver core is one of the more interesting ones to follow because I see the potential here, but I also see like, ah, man, there's just a lot of volatility here as well.
0: Um, Jalen Guyton is going to start the the year on the pup for the Chargers. Um, and, and I know it sounds crazy, but they really did miss his speed last year. Everything was so compressed. They needed somebody, anybody to to stretch the field, which is why they ended up landing on Quentin Johnson, which I thought was a pretty good move um so Jalen Guyton on the pup Uh, and so you know again he's not going to really figure into that mix Quentin Johnson uh, you know as you mentioned probably will Josh Palmer's going to get into the mix as well I think that's a great take man I I I think that's really smart um you know just in terms of evaluation of what they got at the talent level in, in regards to the Chargers you know you see Keenan Allen working on that inside Mike Williams and Quentin Johnson on the outside I guess I'm with you. I'm confused. Like, where would Mike Williams go um, in terms of quote unquote moving around the formation? He's not really that dude. I don't really see that skill set. Like, what is he going to take? A jet sweep or a pop pass? That doesn't seem like Mike Williams at all.
1: No, he's like a downfield. His best routes, you know, where he's actually, you know, people, again, people think of him as like a non separation receiver because so many uh, of his. Big catches come in these like tight coverage moments because he's probably yeah. one of the best tight coverage ball winners in the NFL right now. Um, but he is a pretty decent separate again, probably a league average separator. And his best routes are the nine, the post, the corner. Um, he can definitely do some work on slants, but again, you want him working against tight man coverage on the outside, like winning slant, like slants and shielding defenders with his body in right. that way. You don't want him like. You don't need to get him a free release, and you know all that type of stuff. Uh, That's just again, it's really not his game. He's not a yards after catch player either. He's a pure vertical X receiver. So, to me, I think he they have that solution there at that spot. And yeah, obviously, Quinton Johnson is just how fast is this guy going to be up to speed? Because I do think he speaking of speed, like they need that dimension in the offense. You know, people kind of view him as like another view him as a yards after catch guy. I don't think he really again he was great at that in college, but and it'll certainly have his yak moments, but I think they want him developing into a vertical receiver. They want him developing into um, you know, not too dissimilar to like Brandon Ayuk, right? When he comes into the NFL, he was a a big yak monster in college. Mm-hmm. But the 49ers wanted him more so developing again into a guy that beats man coverage and wins as a vertical threat. And that is who Brandon Ayuk has been now to this right. point in the NFL. So I actually think like that could be a and Ayuk ended up playing a lot more than they wanted him as a rookie right famously then they didn't play him to start his second season cuz <laughs> they actually think like <laughs> right. he had a despite the fact that he uh, you know got open and stuff like that they didn't love the way he played as a rookie um, you know I'm sure from a timing and details a technicality standpoint and so I wonder if Quentin Johnston will he end up getting forced in action cuz these guys Ahead of him are injury questions, or is he going to earn that spot early on? Because yeah, Palmer, he's a pro. He he he's been with Justin Herbert for a few years now, but he's not like really a needle moving talent. I think he's probably like a a useful rotational player. Is Josh Palmer? Mm -hmm. So they Quinton Johnson, if he catches on quickly, should like by the end of his rookie season be. Be uh, you know a full time player, but just don't be surprised if on Sunday against Miami Dolphins, you know Quentin Johnson's playing like twelve snaps and is only used as a situational player.
0: Yeah, I again I, I bring up the Jalen Guyton thing because they desperately need that speed over the top. You talk about situational football. I wonder if Quentin Johnson might just be used more in like this clear out route type of stuff, where where they're clearing out some of the safeties, maybe the deep linebackers are are, are, are dropping back a little further into coverage opening up the underneath for Keenan Allen um, to kind of just do his work. You know, I wouldn't be surprised if Keenan Allen from the slot, you know, ends up catching 10, 11 balls against Miami Dolphins. Uh, I think that's mm-hmm. probably, um, you know, a, a, a I don't want to say a, a decent bet, but I tell you what, man, like Keenan Allen could absolutely feast um, if Quentin Johnson and Mike Williams are, are just kind of roaming these two giant, like twin towers roaming the outside. You know, and, and Vic Fangio worried about those boys on the outside trying to haul in big plays, taking that away. Uh, I do wonder if Keenan Allen ends up eating um, quite a bit there in week number one against Miami. All right, uh, let's talk about the Baltimore Ravens, Matt. Uh, obviously, we've talked about the Ravens uh, extensively, but they've got a exciting young player, Zay Flowers. They've got a, a grizzled old veteran now uh, in Odell Beckham. And, and, and really for us and for really everybody, the unknown, I think, um, is Rashad Bateman? What's his health look like? You know, he's been injured a bunch now. You know, does he come back? Is he still the same guy uh, that we saw before? And can he put it all together? Can all these guys all at once put it all together? Uh, what What are you looking for there in that wide receiver room in Baltimore?
1: Yeah, I'm. Man, I just want to see sort of how these roles fit in with the Ravens receivers because the one thing I think we can say for sure is. We know this is a new era of the Ravens offense, right? You know, Greg Roman out, Todd Monken in, and we've already seen the effects of that in the preseason. You know, Rich Rebar from Sharp Football Stats pointed out that the Ravens used 11 personnel on 74.2% of their passing plays in the preseason. They used 11 personnel on a league low 18.4% of their passing plays in 2022. The next closest team was 40.7%. So that's... (laughs) bizarre I mean bonkers right the, the funny thing about this right. James too is that like Lamar was actually effective um throwing out of 11 personnel last year he had an 80.4% adjusted completion rate out of 11 personnel despite a 10.9% deep throw rate so a guy mm. that was pu- he was pushing the ball a little bit and, you know we know in Derek Classen's profile that he was very good against you know throwing into tight windows it was very good uh throwing against man coverage right so I, and now he's got these receive. Like I read off those eleven personnel throw stats from last year. Who was in his eleven personnel packages for most of the year last year? You know, oh Bateman was there healthy for two and a half, three games. Uh, yeah. He he. Then we're talking about to Marcus Robinson and Devin Duvernay and these guys. So um, I, I just want to see like, okay, where do the roles fit in? If there's two receivers on the field which might account for like 25% of the plays, not even a significant amount. But is Zay Flowers a slot-only guy for uh, the Rams? Is, uh, is, Is Odell Beckham the X on the field all the time? I would say probably. Like last we saw Beckham play with the Los Angeles Rams, he was the X receiver of that offense, running like backside digs, beating press man coverage. We know he's a huge factor in the Super Bowl before getting hurt and then Bateman who i think can play all three receiver positions does that make hmm. him the primary flanker or is he coming on the field because he didn't have as much practice time with the team coming back from an injury is he on the field you know as a, a 11 personnel player but Zay Flowers is the flanker in two receiver sets there's just so much talent here right now uh, and and so many outstanding questions because it's a new system and we haven't seen Flowers and and Beckham take live reps with this team before and, and and you know Bateman I think was on such a star I I really think he was on a big time trajectory and could be like a big breakout player this year if he can stay healthy. So there's just so much intrigue with this team as they transition into an 11-personnel offense which we've seen Lamar be effective with in spurts but you know not consistently over the course of a year.
0: Okay, so let me pick your brain here a little bit. Um, Odell Beckham, as you mentioned last time we saw him play in 2021, played about 85% of his snaps uh, on the outside. Now, again, that could be X, that could be flanker, but he played on the outside. Uh, Rashad Bateman last year and in the years previous, we're talking north of 85% lined up outside. So neither one of these guys really line up too much inside. Um, But when I just start thinking about routes and skill sets and all of those things, it seems to me, uh, and it seems opposite of what you're saying, which is it seems to me like Odell should be able to transition inside, maybe especially at this point in his career, after all of these injuries at his age, yada, yada, yada. Um, it seems like Odell should be able to transition to be an inside player. That's just my take on on the whole situation. But let me pick your brain. And and again, for me, Zay Flowers, the big unknown here, right? Like mm-hmm. I just, I have no idea what the coaching staff has in store For Zay Flowers, but just based off of his college tape, Matt, where do you think his best fit might be in the NFL? And am I? And again, maybe just you know, disabuse me of this uh, of this notion that that Odell's going to slide inside and Rashad Bateman's going to be that X because you know, even going back to college, by the way, Minnesota, like Bateman was that dude on the outside, right? So, like, I I would imagine he's got very little, you know, reps as an
1: inside player. Yeah, in sort of a weird. Final season at Minnesota in 2020, you know, I, I charted his 2019 season from his prospect profile, but in 2020, he did kind of play as a bigger slot receiver, but he only played in a few games and like he had COVID and then the season was canceled and you know, all the right. nonsense that was the 2020 season from a call. Like even. The 2020 season was weird in the NFL. It was even weirder at the college football level. <laughs>
0: right, right. There right. are
1: some program, you know, some players are like still feeling the effects of it, right? But um, so the only reason I say this about Odell is that last time, again, we saw him play with the Rams and the Browns in 2021. He was an ex receiver for them. On the line of scrimmage for seventy nine point nine percent of his sampled snaps, and was on the line of scrimmage in twenty twenty even eighty percent. But like earlier in his career with the Giants, he was more of a flanker. Then you know was more off the line and stuff like that. So that I honestly, yeah, if he transitions into a slot receiver, I think that could totally happen. I think he this is the, what's intriguing about these dudes, man, is that they can all play three all three positions, right? Because I think Beckham can has experience as an X more recently, Mm -hmm. but he also has experience as a flanker. And I agree with you that from a route running standpoint, he has always been one of the most underrated route runners and technicians in the NFL, because he's just, we know he makes like highlight reel plays and stuff like that at his peak, but he's always been like the reason he was so good from day one in the NFL was because he was such a good technician. So like that's, I could see him transitioning to the slot because of that again, Bateman. I think we've seen him play X. I also think he could certainly play flanker in the NFL, and then with Zay Flowers, like you ask where he fits best, this is another dude that I think we saw play all three receiver positions uh, as a collegiate player, right? Like again in this in his reception perception profile, Flowers took twenty nine point two percent of his sample snaps from the slot, thirty nine at right wide receiver, twenty six point two percent on uh, on the left side. 58% behind the line, 41.8% on the line. So you see him mm. take reps at X slot and flanker and he beats press coverage, right? 72.7% success rate versus press. It's a 79th percentile mark. So like I I think Flowers like if I had to guess, they probably want him to, because he's so quick and like get the ball in his hands, explosive stuff, um, you know, that's where I think he makes the most sense as a speed slot guy. And then yeah, the other two players outside, but I could be wrong about that. And and we could see uh, him take snaps outside as well.
0: Okay. So Baltimore taking on Houston in week number one, uh, we'll get to see a revamped Houston defense there. Uh, obviously with D'Amico Ryan at the helm, you would imagine they're going to be a little bit of a better, uh, a little bit better focus on the defensive side. They drafted Will Anderson to be a, a defensive playmaker. Uh, I still think look they brought they brought in Jimmy Ward who I thought was was great. We talked about this before uh, Steven Nelson there opposite of Derek Stingley. Um, this is a team that got absolutely hammered on the uh, by outside wide receivers last year um, maybe not from a you know like total stats perspective, but in terms of like EPA allowed they were the third worst team um, in the NFL when when targeting outside wide receivers so they got burned by outside guys quite a bit. Um, it's interesting, actually inside, actually, they were really good against slot receivers. uh, Houston was actually the best team in regards to EPA allowed, uh, to inside wide receivers. Also the second fewest fantasy points allowed to inside wide receivers. So it's an interesting matchup, Matt. It really is, um, against Houston. I I think a lot of folks think that Baltimore might just roll this team. I think you and I are probably simpatico and thinking that this could probably be a, a much closer game. Uh, the defensive side, I think is going to be improved. And then offensively, both you and I, I know are simpatico on this Houston, definitely improved, uh, from last year. So it, I think it's going to be an interesting matchup. I think it's going to be a, a, a much closer game than a lot, a, a lot of folks are anticipating.
1: The one thing that does, I mean, obviously this is still a defense that was, is, is a little bit banged up, right? Uh, Marlon Humphrey dealing with an injury. Uh, there, but Mike McDonald and the boys were kind of cooking to the end of last year. Like that, they could yeah. really put CJ Stroud in a blender just to, to start his NFL career, uh, sure. especially because Houston's offensive line was supposed to be uh, a strength of its, its unit overall, but yeah, yeah, yeah. They've been dealing with a ton of injuries over there. So, you know, Stroud could, um could, could be in for a tough start to his NFL career, even though I do think over the long term this is going to be a good offense and has good player, like better players than people think, but yeah, I, I think the one part of this is, is that it's interesting is we are sitting here talking about the receivers and talking about the passing game, um, and I agree. You know, We talked about that the Derek Singley and, and, and all these guys on that defensive uh, side of the ball with D'Amico Ryans could make this a better pass defense unit, but we right. did raise questions about the linebackers. Last year, Houston was 27th in rushing success rate allowed. And we could what if what if JK Dobbins just comes in here and runs all over this team and Lamar <laughs> runs all over this team? Is that's another another benefit of, for sure, of, for of sure. having three receivers on the field for Lamar Jackson and, and mm-hmm. spreading this thing out? Like I, I think that Greg Roman, you know, he kind of gets too much crap from like the smart football bros like like me and and others is because of the limitations of that scheme then in, in the long term, but there's no doubt that early on in Lamar's career, I think it was a beneficial offense for him to grow oh up in. Oh, my God. Yes, absolutely. But what was so frustrating is like, okay, Greg, I get it. Like, you got all these, like, yeah, we need to run. Our quarterback is a run focus. Like, he's a running threat. Let's get all these heavy guys on the field. But, like, I think from a scrambling perspective, Lamar will actually be better suited when we've got, we spread the field and get like a guy mm-hmm. out of the box because we have a threatening passing game. So like the fact that we might have three receivers on the field more could make Lamar even more dangerous from a scrambling perspective. So there is a chance. Yeah, I'm, I'm intrigued with these receivers. And I, I think the roles will be interesting to watch regardless. But, you know, right. if, if Baltimore is going to roll in this game, they could
0: like just run all over the Texans uh, defense, which I think we still have some questions <laughs> about. For sure. Uh, like I said, the front seven, not so good uh, for the Houston Texans. I think their back end is a lot better, though. Um, here in 2023, uh, to, to Matt's point here, the Houston, Texas defense last year, um, they did give up, what is it here? Uh, well, they gave up the most fantasy points per game. That's, that's no surprise here, but, uh, in terms of, um, rushing yards per game, they gave up the most rushing yards per game. Uh, you know, you talk about yards per carry. They gave a 5.22 yards per carry to opposing running backs last year. That was the third worst mark in the NFL. So yeah, Baltimore, um, could absolutely get a little loose uh, in terms of the running game. So we shall see. All right, uh, another team that we're keeping an eye on in terms of the wide receiver rooms, Matt. You're you're take, keeping a close eye on Tennessee. Tell me why. I, I would imagine you might be the only person <laughs> that's keeping an eye on that wide receiver room because, as far as I see it, man, right now it's Nuke and nobody else.
1: <laughs> well, I think Traylon Burks' injury's been a little bit um, less scary, right, than people thought at first. Like it sounds uh-huh. like he's got a chance to play and you know play play a full time role in the first couple of weeks of the season. Yeah. Definitely the only loser. It's like, let me keep a close eye on that Tennessee or <laughs> You know, it's it's funny just because of the way these two teams set up, right? Uh, Tennessee and, and New Orleans. You used to think like, oh yeah, going into the Super Bowl, man be points 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 but the saints played so slow and were so conservative and so run heavy last year and we know the titans play slow and are so conservative and are so run heavy that damn game could be over in like two and a half hours right um (laughs) but at the you know at the same time it's actually two run defenses that have been pretty good especially on tennessee's side there was such a good run defense last year but um specifically on these titans receivers right Going into what should be a decent environment in in New Orleans in the Superdome, um, you know I want to see where do these guys line up uh, again. Another another one I want to keep my eye on because New Hopkins has been the premier X receiver in the NFL uh, recently. You know the the premier uh, X receiver of that archetype, like a number one guy. You know, dominating targets even at that X receiver position for the uh, Arizona Cardinals last year. You know, and then uh, you look at Traylon Burks, though. They had him develop on the job as an ex receiver last year. So I actually think Burks could be way more interesting as a movable type guy. Right. If they get him hmm. off the line. But then at the same time, yo, there are also really it's really appealing to think like, well, maybe New Hopkins as a as a kind of not not a full time slot because they're going to do a lot of two tight end stuff. But, you know, as an off the ball guy and, and he actually played pretty decently as a slot player for the Cardinals last year when they got him in those moments. So I don't know. I, I, I think I'm going to know how I feel about these two receivers a lot more after like where I see them line up in week one, because I still have my questions about Burks as a true number one type full field X receiver beating press right. man coverage routinely. Uh, but and I think I'd like him a little more if they get him off the line and, and sort of getting him getting him like a, those layup targets off the line and as a flanker and maybe in the slot. But then, shoot, I think Hopkins could age really gracefully in that role too. So it's a yeah. little bit of a pick-your-poison there, I guess, for the Tennessee Titans.
0: Well, they don't – I mean, if it's not Nuke on the outside as an ex receiver, they don't – they just don't have anybody. I mean, it's Nick Westbrook-Kinay, uh, who – they just don't have more Matt. It's tough. Uh, it is tough. And, and as you've highlighted in your charting work with Traylon Burks, he was 23rd percentile versus man coverage last year, 24th percentile versus zone coverage, and then again, 24th percentile versus press. Um, those are not good scores, Matt. Uh, and again, yeah. when I, I think when you're taking a look at, at wide receivers and you're saying, okay, well, certainly – you know where they line up will help improve a lot of these scores, um, but if you are again below the twenty fifth percentile versus man and zone, I, I don't know, man. I I just find a, a, a it really difficult to find a spot. Where do you line up and be successful? If you want to be an inside man, you got to be good against zone. If you want to be an outside guy, you got to be good against man or press. You know, um, and I, I'm just try- I'm struggling to find find an area for Traylon Burks um to kind of step in here in year number 2 and be successful. And I, and I want to and again I want to emphasize year number 2. Okay? He mm-hmm. may take a step here in year 2, improve some of those scores, but maybe we don't see the fruits of those labors uh, uh, the fruits of that labor until year 3 or 4.
1: Has to has to improve, right? Um and, and again, he he might because we've talked about this so often that he was basically learning a whole new position from what he played in college like he was never ever lined up as an ex-receiver in college he was an off the ball like almost gadgety type create a touch sort of player yep. who was a decent zone beater never really showed much against pressman coverage so I, I don't love this idea that the titans have anyways with making him their ex-receiver which is why i say like well maybe they just scrap it and go back to you know having him play something else but yeah he could develop he could get better he has to though you know i i posted yesterday that I'm sitting down and doing, like, real-life receiver rankings. Um, mm-hmm. And the class last year, the draft class was just stupid, right? Like, it was so good. <laughs> I have six of those guys in my top 35 receivers overall in the wow. NFL. Wow. Six of those players. Traylon Burks is not one of them, though. You know, so okay. that that's where I would say of all the guys. You know, and I have my questions, like, about – um christian watson you know george pickens even like okay there's he's got to have some areas where he gets better um you know i'm really high on Jahan dotson i would say the one guy i'm like you know but still pickens i think has a clear role even christian watson i think he has a clear role where he's really good at burks is the only one where i'm like okay he actually has to get better in 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 all areas
0: Uh, or or at least one area figure out a way one area would be nice you know i think um and again, you can't help but make these comps to Debo Samuel. And obviously, I get a Debo Samuel, a very unique player. Um, also, by the way, Debo Samuel playing for Kyle Shanahan, who is a unique coach. Right. Um, so but you can't help but make those comparisons. But I, I think what we've seen from from the charting, uh, at least for in regards to Debo is the fact that he's great against zone coverage. Yeah. Right. So, again, maybe not a great man, you know, man press beater, but against zone coverage is great. All right. And that's what you would like to see from Traylon Burks. Can he get this? You know, can he get his score up um, from, again, the what 24th percentile 24th where he's got plan. a 75 percent success rate versus zone? That number needs to get for anyone listening. That number needs to get above 80 percent. If you're looking yeah. at uh, if you're looking at zone coverage, if you want to even just say, all right, this guy's pretty good against zone coverage. Uh, that that number's got to go from seventy five percent to like eighty two percent if you if you if if we're you know just talking about what is you know good in the NFL. So he's got a ways to go. It's not impossible, certainly. Uh, I think he's got an athletic profile that's interesting, uh, but man, he does have a ways to go, as Matt has pointed out uh, in his in his charting of of, uh, of Traylon Burks.
1: This is a little uh, more so just anecdotal watching him, but you know, because pe- people people compared him to Debo coming into the NFL because of the kind of the role he played. You know, yeah, he just he does not have that juice. Uh, he is like there, like in the open field especially, right? I, like I think again, people confuse that because of the role that he had in college. You know, mm-hmm. sort of that that create a touch player and stuff like that. But last year, Traylon Burks forced two missed tackles all of last year Two his entire rookie season. Like he's just not that guy from an open field perspective, which he doesn't have that juice. So like he's got to get better from a route running perspective and a separation perspective. Like that's, that's just period kind of end of story. And I think he's probably going to have to do it as a vertical X receiver because where he is, I think actually pretty promising is like playing in tight coverage and and being like a bully ball player at the catch point. So, right. you know, he might have to develop into like a Mike Williams type, but he just is not there right now.
0: 2400 Sports is an Odyssey company.